Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Anytime you feel tempted or compelled to begin something with, for lack of a better phrase, don't use that phrase. You know, for lack of a better way, players. And, you know, again, lack of a better way to say, like, puts his all up in your face and stuff. I mean, knew where to go with the ball, threw the appropriate ball, made some plays, and just shoved it right up you-know-what in Chicago with everybody. I know it was the preseason game. I don't game. know what. Well, they're that's where okay (laughs) and they're allowed to have their fun as long as it's not like doing something directly at us to be disrespectful i think that's where it gets into that taunting and you know the in your face and all those type of things i almost made it and i'll stick my your face reference but i thought that was too much (laughs) fun with unnecessary censorship i think i think Jimmy Kimmel. Doesn't Jimmy Kimmel does. do that? It's very good when and, he does that. Yes, it's amazing. And, and and actually, our our former afternoon show years ago, Eric Casilius was the co-host, and he made a comment about Tim Tebow seeking his own trade, and that was bleeped in a way that created <laughs> a very different, yeah. a very different message altogether than Tim Tebow seeking his own trade. All right, uh... Where do we go now? Chris watched the film yesterday <laughs> of the 49ers and the preseason game against the Chargers. Trey, uh, Trey Lance, 8 for 14, 102 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, two sacks, carried the ball one time. You apparently have had some sort of well, uh, reconsideration of the of the uh, initial assessment. What do you think after taking a closer look? Yeah, l- listen, this is why you watch the film. It's That's why I'm, I'm not always right, and you do got to watch the film at times. Now, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to get off the fact that I think they should start Trey Lance like right away week one because I think Shanahan can do that. I think he's that brilliant and can manage him and do it the right way. I also think, like, come on, Jimmy Garoppolo is being set up to fail like no other here. I mean, he still hasn't been named the starter all those type of things. There's been no respect to him towards the offseason. I mean, as soon as Jer- Jimmy Garoppolo throws three incompletions, everybody's going to boom out of the stadium. But this is ultimately what I came back to that is going to scare the crap. Oh, not this one, not yet. This is a great throw. These are the good plays. This is Shanahan's going to love this, no, no doubt. We saw the touch pass. That's something we need to see more and more of. 
because, you know, in my assessment, yes, too many balls are the 105-mile-per-hour fastball, and they're not catchable, right? Here's a nice, easy decision, but good job getting the ball out of his hands quickly, knowing where he wants to go with it. You know, you can you can see on there, too. Ball always wobbles. It never spins real hard when he throws a ball back to, like, it's a not a real wide receiver-friendly, you know, type of thrower that way. You know, the athleticism here, nice job, opposite side, putting it in the right spot. So there's a lot of positive things here that he can do. And I know Shanahan can make it happen because Shanahan, you know, is with Josh McDaniels and Sean Payton and maybe another few guys I'm missing are the, the best offensive minds in the sport. But I also know Kyle Shanahan and the fact that you got to be in the trust tree. There's only so much he can do. And I'm sure he looks at it and goes, I can manage Trey Lance on first and second down, Mike. But there's a sequence in the game where it's going to keep Shanahan up at night to go, wait, we had a few situations where it was must-throw situations, and I don't know if I can trust him. And to the point where you go, if it's regular season football, and we'll show these plays here in a minute, to where you go, I, uh, you might be down 17 nothing before the game gets started because he's made these type of mistakes. And that's always scary to a head coach, offensive play caller type, and I'm just kind of interested to see where this goes. So uh, where, where, where does your gut tell you it's going to go, given your knowledge of Shanahan and given everything you've seen well, from Lance? Where I, do you I think really, it goes? You know how we showed that post-game press conference yesterday? Like, I, I really got the sense that Shanahan was annoyed for one reason, because it was a chance for Trey Lance to take the job and win it. And he knows he did some things where he goes, damn, I don't know if I can do that yet, right? So uh, my gut still says I want to say he wants Trey Lance to be the starter and be the guy so he doesn't have to deal with like Jimmy started out 4-1 and one and it's not been that good and I'd like to bench him because I think ultimately the best of our team can reach its ultimate best with Trey Lance in there at quarterback. Yeah, we might lose a game or two more than we shouldn't, but we'll be a better, more Super Bowl contender when the playoffs come around. That's where I I feel I err on Trey Lance. And I've seen him do it with RG3 back in the day and know he can make this happen like we talked about yesterday. And this team's way more talented than that Washington team he was there with 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 his dad. But, you know, let, let's like let's look at some let's of these bad at the bad plays. Let's right? look at the things yeah. that made him that may have made Shanahan a little concerned. This Go will, ahead. The, this will give him heart attacks. You know, first off, here's this is the interception, right? So he throws the ball high, hard, too. That's too tough to catch. Muhammad Sanu's got unbelievable hands and as strong as they come, as strong as they come. So if he can't catch it, and you could see, wide open, barely gets fingertips on it, and the ball has too much pace on it. There's got to be a little taken off there to make it a little bit more wide receiver friendly. Yeah, maybe the wide receiver makes a great catch. I'd like to see that. This is the, this is the very next pass play on the next series. I mean, this is look at the the linebackers hurt because they hit him in the stomach so hard. Is intercepted. You know, I like to think if that's Derwin James and starters, you know, Keith Murray, something like that, that's intercepted. Chargers got the ball again. Now, this is the very next pass play. It's two plays later. You know, I, again, this is almost a disaster. I'd like to think if that was Joey Bosa in the starting defensive line, that's a strip sack. You know, and that's where I'm sure Shanahan really got frazzled by the way Trey Lance looked, not knowing where to go with the ball, escape, you know, your check downs here again, trying to make too much happen, fade away. 
I mean, this hit, hit the DB in the hands, right? So he's raw. We know that. I do know he's got high-end talent, but he hasn't played a lot of real NFL quarterback and didn't really have to in college either as far as playing that style of football. And I just know Kyle and the fact that, you know, at the very least, you don't need to be a superstar and make every play in the world. But if you could take care of the football, he can make it work. You know, Nick Mullins, let me just take you back to that. Remember Nick Mullins? He was going into a 16 start and people were going, he, he was second most passing yards in the history of football with a quarterback through 16 starts. Shanahan can make it happen, but what happened to Nick Mullins? He started taking too many chances, turning the ball over, and it became a disaster. So I just come back to that to where I think that threw a wrinkle into Shanahan's plans. I think that's why he was annoyed after the game, and I'm going to be interested to see where this goes because any play caller be scared through that sequence of plays. The one angle from behind the quarterback of the throw that was almost intercepted, I could envision Shanahan having that on a giant screen with Lance and only Lance in the room yeah. playing it back and forth saying, why did you think? What what made what, what you, you think see? you're right. going to complete that pass? Right. What are you thinking when you throw that ball? Right. I, and, I, I think you know, so a lot too. of times you're not thinking anything. A lot of times you're just in the moment. But But you have to program the player in the moment to make those decisions a little bit better no doubt about it you know I, that would look like it was one of those plays where you know hey I threw an interception last drive coach has called this play for me all training camp this guy's always open and he made up his mind he was going to throw it to him no matter what he's always open you know but the the problem is you practice against the chargers all week so they knew it was always open too so they called a different defense and now it's a little tighter of a throw and of course there's a pass rush in your face and you can't quite see and everything like that uh so that's the thing that Shanahan, I believe, will have to start to feel good about with Trey Lance here, whether the last preseason game or, you know, whether it be practice, that he can trust them in the must-throw situations to not ruin the game. It doesn't always have to be perfect, but he just can't ruin the game. Not in the NFC West with the way they are, you know, and and, and that's where I'm going to be interested to see, see it go and just see how, you know, uh, Trey Lance does this week in his last preseason game. All right, Zach Wilson, his second preseason game against the Green Bay Packers. You took a closer look. I have a feeling that you're not going to revise your assessment of Zach Wilson based upon the closer look that you took. Well, no, definitely not. I mean, listen, it doesn't take a scientist to figure this one out. You know it. You saw it. I mean, damn, he almost played perfect. You know, he just he, – he, this, is, this is why I liked him. I just always felt coming out in the draft that his game was made for the modern-day NFL. You know, quickness, can move, can throw the ball all these different ways and has a great feel of backyard football like we talk about with other great quarterbacks in the league right now too. So you get to some of these plays and, yeah, that's why I look at him and always thought, man, he's got some Aaron Rodgers qualities. Let's go. Let's roll the tape. Let me see some of the Zach Wilson stuff. I mean, here you go, third and eight. Hey, just stand in the pocket. No big deal. Just throw a laser down the middle. Boom. He just throws it so effortlessly. And – you see the ball spin, Mike. This is his worst play of the game. Bad throw, and I don't know why he threw it at them anyway. The crosser was open. But here, you know, again, nothing there. Roll to the right, both feet off the ground. That's like kind of the stuff we saw during his pro day workout where you're like, man, how did he throw that ball? I love this play because I don't think this play was supposed to go to the tight end. 
I think he's supposed to play to the right as he's looking, and now he goes, wait, they're not open, and I'm not supposed to be to this guy, but he's open and the safety's really deep, and I'm going to protect him with it. This is Aaron Rodgers right here. Not that this is high level, but just leaves the ball right out in front of him to where Tyler Croft never has to break stride. You maximize yards and plays and points when you throw the ball accurately like that and let your guy run after the catch. And that's, to me, where Zach Wilson's been very impressive. Pro-style offense, there's no game plan in plays, and you could see the talent and how the ball spins with him especially, Mike. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. It reminded me of the time he got himself into trouble against Minnesota 2017, holding the ball to let someone yeah. get more Anthony open Barr. and got dragged down and right. broke his collarbone. So there is a point where, is. where you just have to get rid of the football, but the idea of not just all the guys open, I'm going to throw it to him, let him get a little more open so if he catches it, it's going to, it's going to turn into exactly. a much bigger play. Exactly. Hey, you know, uh, we'll see where it goes with Zach Wilson. I mean, I don't expect the Jets to, Jets to reinvent the wheel or anything like that. But the one thing I think is very apparent through two preseason games is he's made for the NFL. He belongs here. He belonged as the second pick in the draft. And, you know, I think the talent shows itself, and I think the Jets are ecstatic with the way he's done in the preseason and in the training camp. And it really does seem like he's got more around him than Lawrence has in Jackson. Definitely. Doesn't it? Yeah, I do. You know, he's got, first off, Mike LaFleur who, hey, listen, he came from a system that's tried and true, and we know it works. You know, Salah, the one thing, that, here's the other good thing, like, you know, we talk about identity and all that. I mean, the Jets run the ball almost too much in the first two preseason games. But Salah knows, I got a young quarterback, my defense, I want to play this game the right way. I don't want to have to depend on Zach Wilson to throw it 45 times a game and maybe disasters happen. So they do, they do have an identity of we're going to run the ball, we're going to run play action, and then when if it gets in third and eight, we can put this guy in the pocket and he can make some plays. And I, I like the way things are going for the Jets, except that everybody on their team is hurt and f dropping like f flies where I feel really bad for them. Yeah, Carl Lawson gone for the year, a pass rusher that they paid a lot of money to and had high hopes for. Jared Davis Man. suffered an ankle injury. He's going to be gone until the middle of the regular season, so they need to avoid further spreading of the injury bug in order to get the most out of their team this year. I still don't expect a huge season, right? but I think there's going to be more coming out of 2021 that makes us feel like they could become contenders yes. as soon as 2022. It feels like it's going to be a longer project in Jacksonville to get wherever it is that they're going to go. The yeah. only saving grace for Jacksonville, they're in the AFC South, and the Jets are competing with the Patriots, Ooh. the Bills, and the Dolphins Yikes. who are on the rise. The Chiefs at the very top of the conference two straight Super Bowl appearances going for three in a row Patrick Mahomes we take for granted some of the great things he does you were underwhelmed by his performance Friday night against the Arizona Cardinals what did you think after taking a closer look at his place I, I you know I don't want to I'm not trying to sound the alarm or be a shock jock or anything like that I you know I think part of this is I just been so spoiled we've all been so spoiled by Patrick Mahomes we see him you know complete you know throws that are on the uh, 10 on the difficulty scale nine out of 10 times and all of that but you know I thought of just throwing the football is about as off as I've ever seen him and then you know again Mike I'm just going to keep a close eye again I'm not trying to start anything here but you know me I'm always looking at this stuff I'm always looking at guys bodies the way they look the way they run I mean that's part of what I grew up around so 
so when Mahomes, I, 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 I want to continue to watch him move. And then here's the other thing that just was a little alarming to me. All they talked about was stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket during the telecast of the game. Almost like they knew he's not running the same, so we're really going to work on him staying in the pocket. I just thought that was weird. It came up like 20 times in the first quarter and a half. So, you know, when you start to say things like that, I start to go, wait, is something else going on here? But go ahead and roll the tape and let's just look at some of it, you know. He's still the man. I know that. But, I mean... That wasn't even close, you know, just used to seeing those play, plays be like, oh, completed or, you know, here again. And, you know, if we, I would love to show that one, too. I thought he looked weird running there. You know, I didn't even think he threw the ball with the proper mechanics on the run because he was protecting his toe. You know, there again, not really giving the guy a chance. You know, and again, I'm not trying to, like, sit here and, and say, you know, we know Mahomes is the man. It's just that. Uh, these are throws that I, I think even for Patrick Mahomes, he would come away and go, wait, I, I, I should hit this. I mean, hey, that's great. Vintage Mahomes right there. There's no doubt about it, what he does. I still don't think he looked as fast and explosive before the toe injury, though. And then you get to this. You know, again, I don't know. I'm going to take a closer look this week of him running. But there, I thought the burst was less than as well. And he, I think he thought he was going to be able to turn the corner and get some momentum going upfield to throw a laser to Demarcus Robinson. But for my eye, and again, maybe I'm wrong, uh, he couldn't turn the corner. He had to keep fading away, and then he couldn't even get the ball near close to, to the receiver. And look, teams are never going to be transparent about injuries. No. Case in point, Tom Brady had a torn MCL all of last year, and the Buccaneers successfully concealed it. But with this Mahomes toe... I, you know, I think that there wasn't, I don't know this, but my gut would tell me there wasn't any one moment that that created the injury. It's just overuse because you're constantly running and running and running and running and moving and, and you're in these shoes and they're constricting and it starts off as just kind of an aggravation right, and then something happens, whatever. you step on it, it gets worse. He had the injury really flare up against the Chiefs in the divisional round. The Browns, yeah. And, uh, against the Browns, excuse yeah. me. But, but then when he gets the surgery, just like three days after the Super Bowl, that tells you mm-hmm. that, that, that he was limping to the finish line, literally. And this thing needed badly to be worked on ASAFP. And, you know, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. The surgery is always a success. Rehab's always a success. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And... You know, maybe he's finding out now that that he thinks he's fine running around doing his workout, but you put him back out there with exactly. 100% healthy defensive players, right. and you don't have that same that same little extra exactly that allows you to get the the the, the separation that makes you magical. Right, you feel like you're good. You know, you feel like you're doing well in practice, but you don't realize that you're really only going like 95% or 93% to your point to where now you get in the game and yeah, it's intense and the emotions are flowing and guys are trying to rip your head off. And now you're going, wait, hit six gear, hit six gear. And you don't quite hit it. Then yeah. So I, I, again, I'm not trying to sound the alarm. I'm just food for thought. Let's continue to watch this. Um, but yeah, I didn't think it was overly impressive last week, just the way it threw the ball. And yeah, I just thought even moving around, it didn't quite look the same. It's still really good. I know 
He can still be really good with less than 100% toe or anything like that. But, you know, I, I think 100% Mahomes can make a game like the Bucks last year, like 31-27 instead of 31-9, right? Where he'd go, well, you're, you're not out of this yet. He's going to make some plays and do all that. But like you said, he was limping to the finish line and just, I mean, still making unreal throws and stuff like that, but not, not himself, no doubt about it. I mean, he can be still a great quarterback yes. if he is less mobile, but those hair-on-fire plays have become the trademark and the ability to fire the laser while running full speed. And as you said, you come around the corner, you get that momentum, so when you throw the ball, right. it doesn't peter out at the front of the end zone. It makes it back through to the receiver at the back of the end zone. These are little nuances that bear watching. We're not sounding the alarm. We're just kind of saying... Yeah. We know what happened last year. Right. We know he had the surgery three days after the Super Bowl. We we need to see that that he can run and move, and and build that momentum to throw the football the way that, that that's all he saying. used to. Exactly. Or or it is a reason to be concerned. All right, Tua Tagovailoa against the Atlanta Falcons, sixteen for twenty three, hundred eighty three yards, a touchdown, and a sack. How do you feel about where he is as he gets closer to the start of his second season? Uh, he's been he's been great in both preseason games. Other than that one interception down the middle against the Bears, he really has played awesome so far. First off, I'm very impressed with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, just their overall look of their team. They remind me of like early Brady New England Patriots teams or even my dad's Giants teams there it's just like they're big on both sides of the ball they play really sound football they understand situations and everything like that and they're just going to out execute you and out physical you and you know Tua doesn't have to be a superstar but as long as he kind of hits what's there to be had and makes a handful of plays they're going to be tough and let's get to the Tua tape because you know Tua quick in the pocket quick quick release and this is what he can do. He can play some backyard football, tuck it. Hey, second and three. Great. Got eight yards. First down. Awesome. You know, his movement is great. You know, again, just a little slide in the pocket, but, you know, aggressive, you know, assertive decision there down the middle. of the. We didn't see that last year. Last year, I think he's scared to throw that ball. I think he goes, that's too tight. I'm not going to throw it. I'm going to move to somebody else. Now he knows, wait, I got to throw that in that window and make that happen. And again here in the pocket and knowing where the outlet is, looking downfield, trying to be aggressive, and then knowing, wait, I got a fail-safe plan underneath here with Salvin Ahmed to get the ball out. But, man, you see here every play, the one theme is movement and feel in the pocket. And it's going to be important for him because he's not the biggest guy. So he's got to find those lanes and alleys to throw the ball. And then that makes me happy when you see some of the power throws to go along with it. So, you know, I know everybody in the world thinks I'm a Tua hater and everything like that. I'm not. You know, yeah, he wasn't my We favorite. are huge fans. I know. We are huge fans but I've got of Tua Tagovailoa. I, I probably get more hate from Miami fans than any other fan base because they think I because I made Herbert in front of him. So, uh, but oh, either way, oh, and what happened last I year? I was right. I know, but nobody wants to say that. But either way, Tua is on the right track. I like the Dolphins, and I think Flores, you know, Brian Godsey, and I'm forgetting the other damn uh, uh, offensive studs, uh, other coordinator down there. They have co-coordinators. They're doing a real good job, I think, making him feel comfortable and teaching him how to play. Eric Studsville, sorry, thank you, Pete. Uh, teaching him how to play quarterback in the NFL. One thing I have definitely detected, the long-suffering fan bases that think they have a young quarterback that could be a franchise guy, they get mad. Man, they do. At anyone who would suggest right. that, that this isn't going to become 
a perennial pro bowler, potential Super Bowl champion, eventual Hall of Famer, anybody that would suggest anything to the contrary, they want to plug their ears and say, la, 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 not listening, and they get they get mad. They want to kill the messenger, Yeah, which is fine, Yeah, which is fine. But it's a small price to pay for not having to work for a living. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll have plenty more PFT Live right after this. Floyd Reese passed over the weekend at the age of 73, a legendary run with the Oilers, then the Titans. 21 years as a coach and front office executive. He picked Steve McNair. There's McNair to his left, third overall in 1995, I believe it was. Uh, Bud Adams, Jeff Fisher together with Floyd Reese. Three rookies of the year were drafted by Floyd Reese, Eddie George, Javon Kurse, and Vince Young. And he built the 1999 Titans team that reached the Super Bowl. Chris, you worked with him in New England. I did. I mean, I I love Floyd Reese. This was, you know, very sad news. Great guy. I mean, just couldn't be just what you see right there on that picture. Was always smiling in a good mood. You know, really loved to talk football. When I was with him in New England, man, I loved going in his office just when I was like, man, I got to take 20 minutes here and take a break. I've been looking at the computer for seven hours straight. I love talking ball with him. Uh, really sad to see him go. And just he had a great eye for talent. I mean, you know, that Titans team, I know they only went to one Super Bowl, but damn, they were in the mix there for a long time. And that was because of the team he built. And he understood, you know, what you needed to, to do to, to make a team work in the NFL. I sat with him at the scouting combine in 2020, just before the world turned upside down, his radio show in, uh, in the Tennessee area. Right. And, you know, he had those eyes that kind of danced. They were always kind of on fire and dancing and just engaging. And, yep. and, and, and it, I didn't know him very well, but great guy to talk to, and he did great work. And uh, condolences to the family, the friends, all of his associates and colleagues from a great, great run in the National Football League. Floyd Reese gone to the age of 73. Let's take a break. We've got more PFT Live for you right after this. There's still stuff that we got to work through, um, which is part of the plan. You know, you might not see me out here every single day. There might be some rest built in here and there. Um, but it's just about, you know, feeling comfortable and continuing to, to kind of let it, to push it a little bit, but let it heal at the same time um, and toeing that line every day. Are you pretty confident you'll be ready for week one, or where are you on that? I'm optimistic, but we'll see. We'll see. Honestly, it's, it's not fully my call, kind of like I was just saying. It's going to come down to the doctors and surgeons and trainers and seeing how we feel and a lot will depend on how I how I respond and how the foot feels day after day after being out here. Carson Wentz Colts quarterback optimistic about being ready to go week one against the Seattle Seahawks took all the first team reps in seven on seven work and didn't give way to a backup quarterback until nearly an hour into practice. So, Chris, what, what do you think? You think he's going to be there week one? I think he's going to be there week one. I do, too. I, I, I just have that sense, you know, as it's what I was kind of told from the get-go before we even got back on air, that they thought there was a legit chance. And the fact that he was out there practicing and moving around a little bit and everything like that, yes, uh, I, I'm going to say he goes week one, too. I'm with you. Yeah, and they need him week one and week two and week three and week four and week five. A difficult stretch to start the season for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, today's draft. Quarterbacks closest to winning a starting job. Trivia question, as always, to determine the first pick. Now that Phillip Rivers has retired, which quarterback holds the longest active streak for the most consecutive NFL starts, Chris? Ooh. I think it's Russell Wilson. Yeah, 
I would I would have I would have gone Cindy Brady on this one and frozen up because I was trying to do the scanning in my head. Who you know, and it's amazing it's been Russell Wilson because we're used to these long streaks, the Eli Manning and the and the Phillip Rivers. Once they start falling off, it's hard to think yeah. who's managed to hold it together for that long. Uh Russell's yes, never Russell missed Wilson, a game, he right? Has in his started. Career, right? Every game. Yeah. And there was one year he had both an ankle injury and a knee injury, and he still muscled through it and started every game of his nine-year career. Right. Uh, it's the fifth longest streak of all time, Pete tells me. All right, sixth, Pete. Pete, okay, articulate your words better, Pete. Sixth, not fifth. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt or Kirk? Kurt. <laughs> Kirk or Kurt. Uh, you got the first pick, Chris. What do you got? Well, okay. I mean, uh, I guess we're not – are we going to use Indianapolis in this right now? I mean, as far as uh, – are they part of this? You can pick anyone you want. You can pick the Saskatchewan Rough Riders if you want. Well, okay, but I'm going to try to stick to the ones that are, of course, you know, controversial. I think the 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 QB closest to winning the starting job, I'm going to go with the guy we saw last night. It's Jameis Winston. You know, just by the way everybody talked, you know, during the telecast, everything like that just made me feel uh, that they knew something, that, you know, Jameis was leading the competition. Of course, with the talk that Taysom's come on lately tells you it wasn't great early on. Uh, so I, I think Jameis Winston, with that performance last night, solidified himself, just barring an absolute meltdown in preseason game three, the starter uh, in week one. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you, and that became the obvious one after last night. I'm going to go with Andy Dalton because they've already told us. They've already told us. Nobody wants to believe it, but they've already told us he's the starting quarterback. He's won the job. He is the guy. And I guess that disqualifies him for this draft the more that I think about it. But the fact yeah. that so many people still think Justin Fields has a chance to start, even though they have told us yeah. that it's going to be Andy Dalton, I feel like it's our duty to blow it from the mountaintop. Andy Dalton is the starter. Week one, Sunday night football, Bears at Rams. It, we may want fields. We ain't getting fields. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, it, it, it's like, uh, first off, like, okay, yeah, Andy Dalton's going to go out there week one and play against the Rams. Justin Fields will be the starter week two. I just feel like that's where it's going to go. And, Mike, I don't know if you saw this. I meant to ask you this. You got to let Dalton start against the Bengals. I, I think he gets two games. He, maybe he does. Bengals. I do want to say this because, I mean, I think you're good to pick Dalton and everything like this. Fields has looked very good. You know my thoughts there. I would go with Fields from day one. But that, did you see the end of the Nagy press conference yesterday? He kind of said all the Andy Dalton stuff. And then one of the last things he said in the press conference – he kind of left the door open like he was still evaluating it, you know? So I don't know. Just check it out when you get a chance because I, I did find it interesting that he kind of like semi-backtracked on what the things he said. Um, all right. Man, now I don't know where to go as far as these, these, Q, these QB competitions and who to pick. Okay. I mean, this is not definite. I don't feel warm. And, well, I'm going to pick Wentz. I'm going to pick Wentz if that's available right now. Just because we weren't sure, and I think out of the guys that we got here in these quarterback situations, Wentz is the one I feel most comfortable with. The other ones are dicey. So I will go with Wentz. I think he's tough, stubborn enough that even if he's not 100%, he's close enough, he's going to play. He understands the importance to his own career, the team, everything like that. I'll go with Wentz. I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Yeah. Despite whatever it was. Huh that resulted in him being unavailable for three days this week because he he failed to get tested at the facility on a daily basis. Even with that, 
as you said, they really don't want to go with the rookie. You put Mac Jones out there, then you got to maybe bench Mac Jones. I think Cam gets the chance, but I don't think that it's going to be a long, leash. an extended right. window. Right. I think that if he stumbles, if he gets injured, if he gets knocked out for five days because he does something he shouldn't have done as it relates to his unvaccinated status and he's he's made unavailable to the team, that's when the door can open for Mac Jones. But I think it it's going to be Cam Newton week one against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I'm with you there too. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, this this development in the last 24 hours has certainly you know cracked the door for Mac Jones. There's no doubt. But yeah, I, I, I will stay with the same thought that, that you probably had too. After that game the other night, I thought, man, Cam played really well. You know, and I think it's his job to lose, and apparently he's trying to lose it. So we'll see. I don't know what the hell's going on there. All right, now, I mean, we're into crapshoot here now. I, I, I don't know where to go. I mean, with the 49ers, the Broncos, and the Jacksonville, I don't think anything's solidified yet right now. I guess the one I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, even though I don't feel – I know Trevor Lawrence is better than Gardner Minshew. We discussed all the issues. Can they protect him and keep him healthy and do all those things? I guess I'm going to say ultimately I, I'm going to say they think they can do it. And Urban Meyer is going to try to play a smart style of football and not compromise his young quarterback too much. So I'll go with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and and I, I think – and this is one of the benefits of doing this show, having our two hours per day where we just talk football. We both kind of came to the realization, and I'll give you the credit, you were the first one to trip over this, the idea that maybe they just don't feel comfortable putting Trevor Lawrence out there with 10 other guys who are going to be overwhelmed by the defenses that they face. It's more, uh, it's, it's more safe to go with Gardner Minshew if you're concerned about the number one overall pick in the draft getting thrown around all year long. All right, this one is gut feeling because if Drew Locke was going to win the starting job in Denver, he already would have won it. Mm. So... I just have a feeling it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I hear you. Based upon how he played on Saturday. Based upon the fact that George Payton, the new GM, has no attachment to Drew Locke. He didn't draft him. Based upon the fact that Payton was part of the brain trust that drafted Teddy Bridgewater, he was ascending toward what they were hoping would be a breakout year in 2016. Here we are five years later. He was 5-0 with the Saints a couple of years ago. He wasn't as bad last year with the Panthers as some would think. I, I, they like how he can manipulate the pocket. Vic Fangio, the head coach, said that. I just have a feeling it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I really do. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Drew Locke. I don't know how he's going to feel about it, but I have a feeling it's going to be Teddy. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that. I mean, I, I like Drew Locke, and you know I think he can maybe maximize the offense the most, but all the things you kind of painted there, the circumstances, Vic Fangio being a defensive head coach, and I'll say this. Adam Schefter said something at halftime last night that popped out to me, too. He said he talked to a defensive player on the Broncos, and that Broncos player basically said to him, like, Fangio, we have a, he goes, we have an awesome defense. Fangio's going to pick the quarterback who doesn't mess this game up for us. And that speaks Bridgewater. So uh, I hear you there. It's, it's, I still think it's close, but I, I think ultimately you might be right that they're going to go with Bridgewater. But that that cuts against what it seemed like the organization I was know. trying to do I know. to deal with Mahomes. Let's load up the offense. Right. And maybe George Payton's approach is we got to pull it back. we got to focus on the defense, be a little more conservative on offense, slow the game down, reduce the total number of possessions, and and try to 
try to beat the Chiefs that way. Maybe. They they certainly could. And if Teddy, where we were going to show some tape of him early on too, I mean, if he plays the way he did the other night, where you know my big complaint about him is sometimes he's just not aggressive enough. There's too many plays left on the field. If he does what he did the other night, because he was firing it into tight windows and moving in the pocket like you discussed, then they'll be okay. They're not going to leave many yards and points on the board. I just got to see him do that consistently week in and week out, and uh, it'll make me feel a lot better about him being the starter. All right, that's our draft for today. We'll take a break and wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Has Pierre done enough if he wanted to do that? We're still, still squirreling those nuts. Um, he's got another big game. Got some practice this week. He and others, uh, he and Jay Lane are doing a good job. We'll keep watching. Keep squirreling those nuts. I don't know if that counts as a Mike Tomlinism, but uh, squirreling those nuts. I like the, it. I like about, it. It's about time for the squirrels to get to work and stash the nuts in the tree. Winter is uh, is coming. It's it's so weird now. The days are getting shorter know, right? on both ends. Yeah. It's still hot. It's going to be very hot this week, but you can just sense that yeah. that, that smell is starting to get in the air, that football smell oh, in the grass. Baby, that's right. That August smell. Yeah. So, uh, and in Pittsburgh, maybe TJ Watt eventually will be on the grass practicing. He's been one of the high profile hold ins. There was a suggestion yesterday from Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette that after the preseason finale, T.J. Watt will become the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. And it wasn't clear whether it was a report or speculation or somewhere in between. But, Chris, we talked about this last week. $27 million a year, that's the high watermark. T.J. Watt, that's big money. Now, the structure for the Steelers is different than other teams. They don't fully guarantee money beyond the first season. But it sounds like the total average, if he's there for the full four years, five years, six years, whatever it is, it's going to put him north of Joey Bosa. That, that's amazing. It really is. I mean, that's a big number because Bosa, like we talked about last week, blew the market out of the water as far as that. I mean, he's making, what, $4 million more a year than Miles Garrett? I mean, I love Joey Bosa. Two. Bo- two. No, it's two? Okay. Garrett's at 25, so yeah. it is two. Okay, but still, two. that's a, little, a huge gap. It is. It's a big gap, and, you know, I, I would argue Miles Garrett is better. You know, But, but uh, I'm not shocked that it's going to be right in that area. 
He's very important to what they do on the defensive side of the ball. They've gotten to see him, how talented he is. He does all the little things off the field that you want as a player to make you think it's going to last. His career will be good. He's not going to fall off, any of those type of things. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to hear that kind of news some here, sometime here in the next 10 days. And that's kind of a break from the way the Steelers of the past 20 years have handled their stud outside linebackers. Their attitude is, go ahead and leave. We can't pay you what the market will pay you. We'll just find somebody else right. like they did with Bud Dupree. They apparently are deciding not to do that with T.J. Watt. Yeah, no, you're right. They've had a revolving door of just absolute Greek gods at outside linebacker for a long, long time here. But I don't think there's anybody on the radar that's coming up the ranks. And I think T.J. Watt, to where he is, the just starting the prime of his career and things like that, they know they can't let him walk out the door. And they can't do to him what happened to Bud Dupree last year where you play the – even though Bud Dupree it was franchise tag, it's still your final year with no security. And then there goes the ACL. They're trying to give him that long-term protection. That's it for today. Thanks for some of your time. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.